Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Gabriel. And today on Reading the Gospel, we are studying the event, the temple tax. This is found in Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 through 27. Follow along with us as we read. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From who do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, From others, Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. Mm. I love this story. It's mm -hmm. only recorded in one gospel, um, but I'm glad it's recorded. Uh, you know, we are, we're kind of on the other end of tax season right now for mm -hmm. most of us. So taxes are not in our mind. Um, but is this tax the same as the taxes that we pay today? Um, you know, paying for land tax or sales tax or? So this uh, looks like is a different tax than those taxes collected by tax collectors or publicans mm -hmm. like Zacchaeus, because those were appointed by the Roman Empire and they are headquarters in a major uh, business or traveling hubs of the country. This is um, a tax for the temple, for the maintenance and for the spiritual um, service of the temple. So in this, Jesus is saying, you know, the, you don't tax, kings don't tax their sons, they tax others. Um, if we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven, can we ignore Illinois tax or U.S. tax or taxes around us? Um, no, we have to... Uh, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to the Lord what belongs to the Lord. And in this context, he talks about the tax that was supposed to be returned to the temple for the functioning of the temple. And uh, what is very interesting here is Jesus answers not as a citizen, but he answers as the new king of the newly established kingdom, the kingdom of God. And... Uh, from this perspective, so this is a spiritual perspective, it's an answer um, um, in regard to the tax for the temple. Yeah, and in the end, he ends up paying it anyway. Mm -hmm. So he's like, we, you don't, you know, technically we don't need to, but go and do it. Uh -huh. Yeah, so um, they will not, uh, uh, Jesus didn't want to offend anyone, yeah. not to give offense to them. Jesus Christ didn't want to set any limitation factor to his ministry. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus didn't want people to have a reason to reject him. Uh, this is why Jesus removes any potential barriers, and I think we should learn from ourselves today. Um, the way we do business, the way you connect with people, the way we dress, the way we speak should be done in such a way that will not limit our access to someone else's heart, that will not diminish our trust, 
So when we open the mouth and we share words uh, about God or we share the gospel, the good news of salvation, communication should have an open channel to someone else's heart. Yeah, the American mindset of freedom, my freedoms, so often is focused on what I can get um, and defending my rights. Yet Jesus had rights, Mm -hmm. but Jesus surrendered those rights for the good of others. And I, I think um, that that's the big contrast that stands out there is that, and it's not just American, it's Australian, it's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. uh, me and my, what can I get? It's the sin problem that we face. The, the way you describe it, in fact, you define what love is. Love is an deep interest in someone's well-being. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone else's well-being should be ahead of you. You go all the way, Jesus Christ said, to give your life for a friend. That is the highest form of love. So when we put other first, we have a higher chance to fulfill the purpose for which we are created and to share the gospel with more people. Let me ask another question. This here says, uh, Jesus says to him, the sons are free. Mm -hmm. We are sons and daughters of God. So... Does that mean we no longer need to pay tithes and offerings uh, because we're free? Jesus said, for freedom I set you free. Mm -hmm. So we are set free to be able to exercise our will. Uh, Returning tithes and offerings should not be imposed on us. It should come from inside out, from a heart that was touched by Jesus Christ, from a life that was transformed. It should be not a way to bribe God and to buy salvation, but a response to a God who came into our lives, the way you started in the previous uh, episode. A God who always makes the first step, uh, always is ready to reconcile, to heal, to transform. It is our response that comes from love, which is based on free will. So we are set free Mm -hmm. to be able to exercise that freedom. Returning tithes and offerings should be an expression of the freedom that we found in Christ. I 100% agree. The The other thing I would add, this temple tax is a tax, a payment, uh, something that you made, whereas tithes are giving back to God what is already God's. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with everything we have comes from God, our salary, our jobs, our uh, well-being, everything we have. And, and so God says 10% of that, I'm keeping. And and we as stewards should give back that 10% to God. It's not a tax. It's, it's, it was his, it is his, it's always been his, so give it back to him. Um, Offerings are, again, not a tax. It's not um, God saying, you must come and give 2% of your, your income to me. It's a free will offering that I desire to thank God for the blessings he's shown me. Um, so tithes and offerings I see are different from temple tax here. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was important just to talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I like to take it one step further. In returning this temple tax, Jesus Christ does not start a conversation about uh, if this tax is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are this money going to be used well? Uh, is there any corruption behind it? And by the way, it was a lot of corruption in those times. To receive that job as a a high priest, which was 
in the time of Jesus Christ appointed by, by, by the Roman authorities, they had to pay a huge amount of money. Sometimes to be a high priest, you had to borrow some money and uh, you have to uh, recoup that money and a part of it was by giving jobs to others and a part was from this temple tax. Mm -hmm. So Jesus Christ goes the extra mile knowing how his shekel is going to be used to remove all potential barrier from the mind of the listeners to have more access, more free access to their minds and their lives to share the gospel. That's awesome. Um, I, yeah, I, I think of all the times Jesus cleansed the temple or rebuked. You know, he knew it's not like he was ignorant. Mm -hmm. He knew the corruption, and he still sent his money to support. Um, and I, I think that's one thing I hear from many people. Oh, I don't give to this uh, place. I don't give to this institution or this body because I don't believe, I, I think what they're doing is wrong. Um, and so I'm going to be able to better spend it. Well, it's not what God calls us to do. Mm -hmm. So what does this passage tell us about God? So it seems that this, um, the second part of this story is a miracle. Uh, Jesus Christ asked Peter to go to the sea and cast a hook uh, and take the fish, which will have a shekel in the mouth, and to go to the temple and pay half of the shekel for himself, for mm -hmm. Jesus, and half of the shekel for Peter. Very interesting. So this miracle is done to teach Peter a lesson. You cannot always be my spokesperson without knowing what is in my mind, what is in my heart. Imagine to be one of these famous politicians or uh, famous people and have a spokesperson which does not represent you. Mm -hmm. uh, a spokesperson who doesn't know what is in your heart. Um, that would be a very bad decision. So this is what uh, poor Jesus had to make several miracles to <laughs> because of uh, Peter's commitment, which were not in fact uh, Jesus' commitment. What I like about Jesus here and this is what I see God doing in every situation. He takes a situation as is. Uh, that situation is being produced by us uh, fallen human beings, sometimes having good intention but ended up bad. And God transforms that situation into a teaching moment, mm -hmm. uh, a situation that brings a new blessing, a new perspective about God. This is what I like about God, how I see God in this story as well as in many other situations. He takes what we have and transforms them into a blessing, into a teaching moment, into a new opportunity for growth. For me, it's the do not give offense to them. Mm -hmm. um, this idea, God many times doesn't give offense. He he goes the extra mile to, to step outside to, to not put people out of their comfort zone. And, and so he's careful about what he does. Um, and I think it gives a lesson to us as well to be ready to forgive if someone wrongs us and mm -hmm. to be ready to, to look past a slight and not take offense to that and to try our best not to offend those around us, mm -hmm. um, even if it means 
again, doing something that we wouldn't need to do or wouldn't have to do. So to see the God of the universe doing this when God does not need to, there's no requirement to do, just shows how much love he has for us. So how is this passage speaking to us today, and what are we going to do about it? When I read it, uh, I really liked this uh, approach of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not rebuke Peter for speaking on Jesus' behalf without asking permission. Mm -hmm. It was Peter who rebuked Jesus a couple of episodes back uh, in Caesarea Philippi when Jesus started to uh, share about his death and suffering. It is not a rebuke. It is a question. Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? I really like this approach. It is cognitive. Mm -hmm. It is talking to our reason. What do you think? And this is how this passage speaks to me. Many times, Jesus or God the Father or the Holy Spirit, they come into my life and they ask, what do you think? Sometimes the question is clear. Sometimes the question is in the form of why, connection between cause and effect. Other times, uh, the question goes in a reverse way after I see the consequences. But many times, when God reaches us, and I talk about me specifically, He says, what do you think? Mm -hmm. What do you think about this? I like this approach. Makes me comfortable. It makes me pause. Makes me detach from my own views or preconception or feelings. And I can have the big picture, the backdrop of a specific story, an, an event. Let's pray. Father God, we want to know what you think. When we come to situations, when we come to trials, when we come to questions in our lives, we want to move forward with your will. But we are so thankful that you desire to know what we think. That this is a relationship, reciprocal relationship, that goes both ways, that you care for us as well. We thank you for your love and for your guidance. We thank you, Father, for your example that was displayed through the life of Jesus Christ. And I pray that we will be able to do the same, to live as Christians on this earth, that others may see Jesus in us and desire what we have. So please go with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.